It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. in Australia. Nicole Halton, how you doing, Nicole? I am great. I'm in the future, down under. G'day, mate. All yeah, those we're things. Re- recording this a couple of days before Christmas. If you're listening to it when it comes out, you're probably listening sometime in February. So uh, you're listening in the future too. Hey, N- Nicole, I've been doing a little bit of a science experiment for the last, I don't know, four or five months. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I'm not I, real great with science, so I'll probably need lots of explainers. Okay, so I, when I'm, uh, and this is dog related, when I'm out with the dogs, um, one of the dogs, she is very particular about where, where she, where she poops. Um, i just throw it out there. Um, she will, she will like get all ready in one place and then she'll decide she needs to move like 18 inches to the left or something and, and have to reposition herself and it'll take her forever to figure out where she's going to go. And, and I found this was, was kind of interesting. I, I was wondering if there was a pattern or reason for this. Right. And so I downloaded an app. There's these little mapping apps where you can, you can drop pins on locations. Like it's a, a GPS kind of thing. You can drop pins on locations. And so I started mapping where she was pooping every, every time. Right. And, and I, cause I want to look for a pattern. And, and so after, after about two months, I realized there was, there were some kind of groupings going on, but they were kind of spread <laughs> out a little bit. And then after, after more time, after we I collected more data, I realized she was writing a message and on the map, it's, <laughs> On the map, I just had this thought, is she like making a picture or something on the map? <laughs> on the map, she wrote buy treats. Um, so, so she's been trying to communicate with me by, by where she it's poops. Pretty smart. Yeah. I just made that up. Um, <laughs> the idea came to me while I was bending over picking up dog poop this afternoon. Um, so it would be an interesting experiment though. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and how freaked out would I be if it actually turned out that she would, she really was trying to write me a message. <laughs> you know, there is someone listening to this now who's thinking I should try that. Yeah. <laughs> If you do, listener, um, please uh, send me send me some information about that. So I got a topic for you, Nicole. Um, the idea of autopilot. I found myself uh, the other day working on something, and it was kind of one of those re- monotonous, repetitive things. And I I wasn't really. I found myself not paying as much attention to it as I should because I went into autopilot mode. And, and sometimes it's a mode I go into for eight and a half minutes when I have to type 
something or or respond to like the same type of email so you know you just got your your banter you 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 type or that kind of thing and then sometimes i find myself going into autopilot for like days on end and um mostly it doesn't ever feel like a, a good thing um because i don't feel like i'm really present or at my best but you ever you ever find yourself on autopilot Yes, and it's interesting that we're recording this at the end of the year because I feel like it is often an end-of-year phenomenon. Like not always. There's definitely other times of the year where I find myself slipping into autopilot. And, again, it's things like responding to emails and, you know, just some of those really repetitive tasks. Even the other day I was packing some orders um, in our resource room and it's been really busy, lots of orders coming in, and, you know, it's a pretty simple process. It's like, you know, you know, check the packing slip, you check the products, you wrap it up, you print the label, you stick the label on the bag, you're good to go. And I found myself on about four occasions sealing the bag and then going, oh, whose order was that? What order is in that bag? Now I've got to try and get the bag back open before I can stick the label on because I can't remember whether it's that order or that order. And I found it happened like three times in a row and it was because I was just keep going 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 I was really on autopilot I wasn't paying enough attention to -hmm. what I was doing I wasn't really present and yeah I think that for me definitely it was because I'm like oh I'm ready for holidays like (laughs) I'm I'm hot I'm tired I'm ready for holidays it's like you know game over Um, so I just kind of had checked out a little bit and it was like oh I can do this repetitive manual kind of work and I don't have to be really switched on the same as I do if I'm I don't know, writing a blog post or, you know, developing a training session or whatever. I don't have to be as switched on when I'm doing that manual task. But when it turns out, actually, I probably should be as switched on because I've just stuffed it up several times. <laughs> well, and it, and it turns out that 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 auto auto um, pilot process, autopilot process is 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 kind of an evolutionary thing that uh, can, can, can protects us from um, overloading our brains, right? Um, yeah. And so when, especially when you're feeling stressed or those kind of things, it's it's easier to go into that mode so that you're you're not overwhelming your brain with all the sensory input that's coming in and all the things you have to think about. That kind of stuff falls away, and you just kind of go through go through the motions. And with the with the amount of emotional labor that goes on in early learning settings and the amount of stress. Um, that caregivers seem to live with. And I mean, it seems to just be something that our field deals with. There yeah. are a lot of times where where adults, whether, I mean, it, it, it's totally parents as well as, as, as caregivers, mm. but go into auto autopilot mode with kids. And that can be a challenging thing because, Mostly kids need us to be right here, right now, present with them. And when we are running on autopilot, we're not we're not really present. So well, I think it's that you can actually answer a child without having really listened to the question. Sure. And it's only when they question you back that you go, 
oh, hang on, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, what did I just say yes to? What did I just, because you just have checked out. And so I find it will happen to me sometimes if I'm cooking dinner, I'm trying to organise dinner, and I'm also thinking about what am I going to do, blah, 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 blah. So my parent mode can go into autopilot. You know, everyone's tending to themselves. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're playing out in the backyard or whatever. And then someone comes in and asks me a question. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then afterwards, I'm like, what did I just agree to? Uh-huh. I don't remember what that was because I wasn't paying enough attention. I wasn't really present enough. Sure, sure. And I remember as a kid knowing that when a parent was in autopilot mode, it was the best time. Oh, it's a great to, time to ask. To ask for something that they would, would more likely say no to if they were were more present. And so yeah. um, I think kids can, have, your, have yours gotten good at that yet? I'm sure they've got a radar. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's in the zone. She's like cleaning out the washing machine or something. And she's just like, you know, doing a thing. And now's the time to ask. I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards it's like, oh, hang on. You know, I wasn't actually really paying attention to the question or, you know, and even it's funny you say about, you know, being on autopilot. It's a weird thing that I do. And look, there's got to be someone else out there that does it. But every now and then when I'm driving, I have this moment of I'm actually driving like a big piece of metal that's like responsible for these people that are in it and it's responsible for making sure that they're safe and that the people who are in front of me and their own piece of metal are safe and and every time you know I have to switch pedals with my feet and I have to move the gear stick and I have to you know like there's all these things that have to happen but I can just be cruising along, doing that, listening to a podcast, answering children's questions, blah, blah, blah. And the driving's kind of on autopilot sure. because it's become second nature. And I've, you know, I've mastered it. I think I'm doing okay by now. But, you know, it becomes kind of autopilot that when you actually stop and give it some thought, it's like, holy moly, this is pretty amazing. This is pretty cool how this all works. You know, how my brain works to tell my body what it needs to do and how I can react to you know, situations and whatever. But I think the real risk when you get into too much of that autopilot mode, you end up having a car accident for starters because, you know, you're not quite switched on. And, you know, I see it sometimes, like my husband and I were talking the other day about the amount of dodgy drivers on the road at the moment. There's some real shockers. And I think it is that, you know, we're at that end of the year when everyone's starting to be on autopilot. I've got to get to the shops and I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And it's like just tunnel vision on what I'm doing. And so driving becomes really autopiloted. I think driving is just one of those examples that kind of comes to mind for me. Yeah, that, that autopilot thing, it, it involves muscle memory in a lot of situations. And so to bring that to, to caregiving, something like, I don't know, feeding a eight month old whether sitting in the yeah. high chair or something or changing diapers we yep. we we have the skill and so it, it becomes really easy to go into autopilot in those moments and just do the task oh i could uh, change like five nappies in the next 20 minutes done oh, you know production oh, sure. line up you come you know nappy off here we go get the wipes get that done done okay and you're done but see you mm-hmm. later wash my hands and done yeah and it's like you could just get that real production line going you know, and sometimes I used to liken it to, I used to work on the checkouts at one of our supermarkets and, sure. um, you know, I'd kind of stand there for like eight hours on a Saturday sometimes just scanning people's shopping and, you know, putting it into bags and there you go and you'd move them through and same deal. And I would find sometimes when I'd get into that autopilot mode when working in like early learning settings, it would be a similar task. It's like you're just 
processing the thing, you know, and it's like, that's not a thing to be processed. That's a child who actually mm-hmm. needs your intention and engagement and, you know, all of those sorts of things. The groceries probably don't, although I still, you know, used to try and be present and engaged there too because there's a real human being usually standing there who's, you know, purchasing things and got a life going on. Sometimes they want to chat, sometimes they don't. But when you're working with children, it's like they usually want you to be present. You know, yeah. they usually want you to be paying attention, to be engaged, to be talking to them, to, you know, and it doesn't mean that um, I can remember when I did my training, it was very much about, you know, when you're changing a child's nappy, you know, this is a great time to sing nursery rhymes and do finger plays. And it's like, I'm not putting on a performance for them, but I still need to interact with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think maybe one of the signs of autopilot with kids and, and I guess maybe with other adults, but um, is, is maybe the loss of eye contact because yes. in, in those moments where I find myself on autopilot with kids um, there's not that, that direct eye contact. I mean, if you're, if you're changing a four month old and there's that eye contact going on and you're both reading each other's faces and there's some conversation going on, it is, um, a, a lot, a, a much different experience than when you're just trying to get it done so you can write it down and record yeah, that, it that, 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 that daper was changed. Um, yeah. and, and so and I, I think did- it's interesting that, you know, that happens and we do, we get to that, like, I just need to tick it off, get it done. Or I do it while I'm doing something else. I'm busy, you know, changing their nappy and talking to somebody else at the same time. And, you know, so I'm really not there and present. And I am very much on autopilot. It's like I can be changing this nappy while I'm talking to you about what we're going to put on the program next week. You know, Mm -hmm. I can do those two things at once. It's like, yeah, you can do them at once because, as you say, kind of like with the driving, you know, there's that muscle memory and there's that it's repetitive. You've done it over and over again. So the actual process is easy enough. But it's that engagement in the process, you know, even when, as you said, between adults, you know, how often do you, when you're working with a colleague, do you actually stop and look them in the eye and have a conversation where you're face to face looking at each other in the eye? And often it doesn't happen. You know, we just have conversations as we go and, you know, everything kind of does tend to just happen on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in in early learning settings, we do, I mean, with older kids, you know, there'll be an activity going on. Maybe you've got a sensory play table set up and you've got the block area going on and, and, and everybody is kind of, kind of doing their thing. And I think as we adults can go into autopilot in those situations and our job, we spend our time focusing on, on picking up and tidying up and maybe yeah. interrupting kids to try to prevent social conflicts before they erupt into something because we just want, we don't want to deal with, uh, with that whole hot mess. And what we could be doing maybe is, is pulling back a little bit and observing a little bit more efficiently, effectively, I guess is the word. Um, and, and really taking in the whole scene and being fully present and instead of do, instead of running around doing all the busy work we often find ourselves doing. Yeah. And I mean, it it all kind of feeds into itself because I feel like we, we go into an autopilot mode when we tend to be kind of a bit burnt out, a bit overwhelmed, a bit, you know, tired. As I said, I feel like we get to the end of the year and there's a lot of educators who just kind of roll on into just doing things, going through the motions, getting it all ticked off so that we can go on holidays or whatever. Um, But it's kind of that vicious cycle because I feel like when you're more present and engaged, you kind of 
don't experience that same level of burnout. You know, it's like we mm-hmm. we create all the autopilot work that we create, which is, you know, going around and picking things up and, you know, ticking things off and doing all the jobs actually feeds into it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a difference between autopilot and, and a state of flow. Yes. Um, because within a state of flow, because in both you're kind of, you're just kind of immersed in doing the thing but in flow moments, those moments, you, you get lost in time and you, you're, you're doing your thing, but you're, you're present in that moment. And yes. in, in the autopilot moments, I think you're, you're, not, you're not really present. Your mind is, your mind is someplace elsewhere. else. And so there's, there's, there's that difference there. Um, I think kids will also get into, if, if our routines are really kind of rigid and our schedules are, are really super predictable. I think kids kind of go into autopilot mode in early learning settings as well. And they, you know, okay, now it's time to line up and now we, we put our shoes over here and now it's time to go to lunch. And it just, it becomes so routine and they know they don't have a lot of power and control over the situations. And so, um, their way of dealing with that stress is just to go into autopilot mode, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, you know, you do see that with children who it's who their day is very overstructured and over kind of, yeah, over-routined that it, it does become just going through the motions. It's not actually, they're not enjoying what they're doing. They're just going through the motions of what's expected to come next. And it, it is almost like just there we go, step by step, this is what we do. And they're not present and they're not really engaged in, in what it is that they're doing. And, you know, I think we kind of know the answer to that. It's like less structure, <laughs> less routine is kind of helpful. Predictability is great. You know, it's nice for children to know that after we've done this, well, then that's going to happen. But we don't need to know that that happens at 10 o'clock and at 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock. And, you know, we don't need it to be so strict. So how do you... Do you ever find yourself on autopilot and then have to shake yourself out of it? How do you, oh, how, do you absolutely. Rec- how do you recognize it and how do you shake yourself out of it? I usually try and find something creative to do. It's like I need to find something that gets my brain like it really needs my brain's full attention. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's something, but it's also something that I'll enjoy. So there's that reward thing. You know, I find I tend to flick to autopilot mode when it's something that I'm not. I can't be creative with it's just a task and you know it's so like packing the orders was very much monotonous and you know I can't really do anything creative with that I don't really need to use a lot of brain power I just need to be able to do the steps you know and the steps are all there so it's you know following the steps but it does mean that I check out and so I need to find something creative to do so it might be writing something or um, you know doing a bit of research or something that's got a kind of spark something Mm -hmm. I guess and going outside is a big one for me I need to actually change my environment when I find myself on autopilot and you know that's not always possible when I worked on the checkout it wasn't possible I couldn't just say sorry guys I kind of need a break from scanning your groceries I need to go and you know recharge outside doesn't really go down well but I find you know obviously the work I do now I've got that flexibility and I can do that I can you know find myself on autopilot just going through the motions and I feel when that happens I'm not actually achieving anything you know I'm very rarely actually getting tasks achieved I tend to 
And emails is the perfect example. I could go through my inbox and go, oh, yep, all right, I need to respond to that. And then I'd flick through to the next one. Yep, that needs a response. Yep, that needs. And I might have done that three times, but not responded to anything. So I've achieved nothing. It's just that mundane kind of busy work. But, you know, that's what I feel like I should be doing. I should be checking my emails. So I'm just working through it. Whereas when I check out, going, you know, that's it. I need to go do something else. That goes on the back burner. And, you know, that, that kind of helps for me, I guess. And when it comes to with children, you know, I do need to sometimes stop and, you know, just say to myself, you need to be here. Like, mm-hmm. You need to be here. You need to be here. And, you know, they're, they're talking to you. They're wanting your attention, you know, particularly like with three children at home and everybody wants your attention right now and you know you kind of think oh man I just want to go and lay down and read a book but you actually all want my attention and you know it's just I think retraining your brain a little bit to go they need me right now you know and that's what I signed up for and yes some days that's hard when you want to be on autopilot just cruising through and making dinner or whatever but yeah just stopping and thinking this is what they need right now what they need is kind of more important than what I need. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found one thing I try to do is find, I heard it going to sound hippy dippy. Um, I'm all over the hippy dippy. So that's okay. Find the joy in the monotony of the things <gasps> that I would yes. go into autopilot about. And so like fill in the dishwasher. Washing dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel, I don't wash it. I mean, I fill the dishwasher right now, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, that can be a, that could, could be a real mundane thing, but I, I, I I try to be present when I'm doing it because it's more enjoyable to do it when I'm present. Oh, I'm, I'm putting this thing in the dishwasher and in, in the morning when I take it out of the dishwasher, it's going to be clean and it's Tasha's coffee mug. And I'm going to put it where, where she, where she likes to find it in, in the morning and it's going to be there for her. And, and it becomes almost a, those kind of things almost become tasks that, that, you know, around the house things that are, that, that nurture the relationship almost. And I've read an article about this a while back now. I'll have to try and find it, but they talked about reframing the way you think about like those mundane tasks, Mm -hmm. like, you know, even hanging out, washing or whatever. And it's changing the mindset from, I have to hang out the washing or say, I have to change nappies to, I get to take care of my family. Yeah. I get the opportunity to, you know, and I often stop myself and do that because I'm like, you wanted these children. <laughs> you, you signed up for this, you know, you worked hard for these children. So I think, you know, you've got to put yourself back in that mindset of actually I get to make dinner for my family and, mm-hmm. you know, ensure that they're healthy and well looked after and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I'm going to pay time and attention to it and, you know, really change your focus on it. But yeah, it talked about that with the mundane kind of household things, you know, finding the joy in, in that and whether that's, you know, actually being present in it. So washing the dishes rather than, you know, and I often, I have a tendency to, I'll stick, you know, an earphone in and listen to a podcast or something while I'm doing housework and sometimes I'm like I actually need to turn that off and just mm-hmm. focus on what I'm doing right now which is the fact that the water's really warm and that there's birds outside the window and there's a frog I can hear a frog in the pipe or you know whatever but actually slowing down and really starting to hear some of that takes you out of that autopilot mode yeah yeah and it, and it makes 
again, hippy dippy, it makes life more <laughs> enjoyable to be fully present in those kind of mundane moments. Um, and, and I mean, look, you think about changing children's nappies in an early learning center, like you might change, you know, 30 nappies in a day. If you're working in a you know, toddler room or whatever, and you're taking, sure. even if you're taking turns with someone, you might still change like 30 nappies a day. And you could easily go home at the end of the day and think, oh my gosh, I was like up to my elbows in shit all day. Like, yeah. you know, you could have that. This is what I did with my day. But instead it's like, actually, I get to take care of these children. Parents are trusting me to do that. And I get these opportunities, these wonderful moments of connection where, you know, someone laughs at me and someone, you know, gives me that smile and that eye contact and, you know, you get that. So it's seeing those really positive things makes those things less of a mundane task and more of something to look forward to and an opportunity rather than something that you'll then switch into autopilot on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that you do that with Tasha in mind, like the cup thing. That's just so lovely. Very romantic, isn't it? <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> I, I, I also found myself back in way, way too much in my active caregiver days when somebody needed a bottle, you know, those damn little babies that can't hold bottles ah. for themselves and you have to hold them and feed them. Unbelievable. Way too often I found myself thinking, oh, I could be doing, or I could be doing, so many other or, things. oh, how long is this going to take? And, and all of that when, I mean, because look, it can be kind of boring because they eat like all the time and, yeah. Uh, you won't relate to this one, but when I was breastfeeding my babies, I had to slow down. I had to, because I couldn't give them to somebody else with a bottle. Like it was sure. just me. And, you know, especially with my youngest, when I had older children, I'd be thinking, oh, I should be like putting a load of washing on. I should be whatever. And, you know, I'd end up feeding this baby who'd end up falling asleep. And then I'd think, oh, I don't really want to put them down because by the time I put them down, then they can wake up again. And, and so it was like forced slowdown and, you know, I, I had to end up sort of saying to myself, you know, you can't do any of those things because you have to do this thing. You know, this is the yeah. thing that you have to do. And actually you get to do this and this is pretty incredible that you get to do this. You're responsible for this whole human being's existence yeah. and that's pretty amazing. And so you kind of have to switch off some of those things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was too late in my years as a caregiver when I figured out that, that just sitting there and making eye contact, well, that little blob of human flesh sucked in that <laughs> bottle could be a, a bonding, enjoyable. I mean, I, I had flashes of it, but yeah. I, I, I didn't get good at it until towards the Much end. Later. <laughs> but boy, somebody hand me a hand me a four month old in a bottle right now. I will totally kick back Happy and, a clan. and sit there yep. as long as it takes. Um, Absolutely, with, without going into autopilot. Um, any other thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? No, I think that's it. Hey, listeners! The only time we want you to go on autopilot is when you push play on that childcare bar and grill <laughs> podcast, or you know any of the other podcasts we produce here at Upstairs Studio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. Enjoy your day. Bye bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.